Buenas, friends. It's Miguelito here from Los Hermanos Cubanos, of course, the Cuban Brothers. And this is a sound purchase. This is a sound purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. Episode 27, The Bee Gees, Spirits Having Flown. So I, I got the 30th anniversary edition of Total Recall the other day. Ah, uh, yes, I remember you saying yeah. it. I had a Very great nice. time re-watching that, but I was a little disturbed at the beginning. Maybe that's the wrong way to go about this, but at the beginning there was a message that I've never seen, and it was something along the lines of, the views in this film are outdated and may cause offence or discomfort. Are they? And I was thinking... To who? Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, <laughs> if anything, it's kind of like, you know, there's the whole... Martians versus Earthlings, there's the whole mutants versus kind of Earthlings. Normies. Yeah. You know, if anything, it's ahead of its time and it's it's kind of discussing that barrier of racism, but Yeah, I can't remember any scenes in particular that had like any horrible racist stereotypes or caricatures or anything. And it's not even I mean, a product like, of its time. That yeah. That would normally imply it was made in like the forties or something. It was thirty years ago, it was nineteen ninety. We weren't that backwards in the nineties. I mean, we were pretty backwards in the night, but we weren't that backwards. Well, the only thing I could get to was that, you know, he's not the best around women, our friend Hauser and Quaid, but in the sense of his wife, who's kind of not his wife, is trying to kill him, so he keeps calling her names, but they're not actually that bad. And she is trying to kill him. I and think you could be forgiven. That's what I was thinking. Anyway. Someone who's trying to kill you. If this comes oh, across not... as uh, really kind of... In poor taste, Paul. We might need to cut that one out. No, no, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, let us know if we if we're missing something here. About, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. About Total Recall. Maybe Other it's than... just the science is bad. Maybe they're apologising for like the way that they react when they're on the surface of Mars. Yeah. Maybe like it's not. Maybe it's not a the, uh, racial the eyes bulging out and thing. stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe it's like science has come a long way in thirty years. We know a lot more. What would actually happen? is this and then yeah i think christopher nolan sat them down and gone now listen <laughs> this is how it works when you're in space yeah okay well then the second think? yeah second port of business jake i was going through having a look at our all-time stats this is a bit of a rabbit yep. hole that i can fall down occasionally what would you say is our most successful episode so far in terms of listens was it silver chair yeah, still is. Still is Silverchair. What is our least successful? Oh, that's a good question. Is I've got to remember what, what episodes have we done? Hang on, let me get them. Uh, I think so... you'll be surprised by this one. Uh, right, let's have a look. So, is it Steely Dan? No. I know you were saying no. It's not Steely Dan. Not Steely Dan. Justified? No. Let me let me rephrase. I think you'll be surprised and hurt by this one. New metal. Nope. Sparkle Horse? No. I don't know then. Ween? Ween. Poppy? Oh, really? Ween is our like least listened to episode. But it's the one we've gone on about how good the album that is the is most. Like, and for me, I mean, I edited that one. That's the pinnacle of all my editing prowess. That is where <laughs> I, I, every episode I am trying to get back to the height of Ween. Yeah. Oh, people people obviously have the same attitude that you and me has before listening to that album. Mm. It's just like, oh, it's just Ween, isn't it? Skip that one. 
Well, uh, yeah, but then <laughs> one thing I forgot to bring up when we were talking to Sam from the Phoenix Foundation, when I was listening to their thing about comedy and music, their podcast with Jermaine from Flight of the Concords, they, they, they brought up Ween and they were talking about how Ween is, they love Ween, they specifically, and I, the reason I want to bring this up, Luke Buddha from Phoenix Foundation says they've got this track called Pink Eye on My Leg, which, as you will remember, was my favourite track. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so that... It's, it's a great album. That's my great business. Album. Listen, listen to our podcast on that episode, then listen to that album. Yeah, um, absolutely. Listen to the podcast alongside the album. Mm. It's like uh, it's like reading I Partridge, where he's got the track recommendations going on. Never read it. Did you listen to the audiobook? No. I very much recommend the audiobooks just because obviously he does it in character. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it makes them that little, you know, elevates them. I mean, they're good books anyway, but. See, I got, uh, I got the Ron Burgundy biography <laughs> or something and I hated it. Oh, really? I absolutely hate it. I ended up giving it to a mate because that was a bit of a joke. We loved Anchorman growing up, but it was just like, oh, I can't, I can't deal with this. And I, don't get me wrong. I'm not a man of fiction. I'm not. I don't really like fiction. If I look at my my bookcase, I mean, I've got Band of Brothers here. I've got the history of Mouldy music here. I've got oh, murder ballads here. You know, it's all non-fiction, all of it. I mean, ours is mostly. Well, yours is. It's mostly your books, Chloe, and most of it is poems and things by various arty farty people like Sylvia oh, whoa, Plath. Whoa, 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 whoa! There is also you. You've got. A lot of Lord of the Rings there. Oh, no, that's my stuff. So my stuff is all fiction. It's all fiction, baby. Look at mine and you're like, wow, this is very sad. What's their new one called? Ah, I've forgotten what it's called now. Well, this is probably a good time to to bring up the guest on the episode, Jake. And I'm not sure whether whether we want to go down the route of her being your wife or her being like the number one listener of the podcast that we invited on because she's the number one listener of the podcast. I mean, it's a bit of column A, mostly column B, mostly column B. I mean, she, so she was very upset when we didn't invite her on to talk about Steely Dan. Very upset. And this album was actually her suggestion as well. So. So I apologise in advance. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, no, it's good because you you know so much about them that I've had to do practically no research because I can just defer to you. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, right, Chloe, you know about the Bee Gees. You watched that documentary. I, I did. I watched that documentary one time and it awoke a lot of mainly memories, to be fair, about how my nan used to listen to them a lot. And I kind of watched the documentary and thought, my God, they are so underrated. I haven't actually listened to an album outside of um, Saturday Night Fever. And this was the album that I listened to and really, really enjoyed. Well, I'm I'm really glad that you bring up the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack because that's the first of my notes is that whilst it's not actually officially a Bee Gees album, it is an incredible, incredible album. And my notes say, mm. bearing in mind, Jake, this is my, these notes were written long before we did our episode, but my notes say that it should be recognised as one of the top ten soundtracks albums. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't count because it wasn't sort of incidental jukebox music, oh, was it? But yeah, it is good point. Phenomenal. Good point. Okay, so uh, I'm still safe. Yeah, you're still safe. Don't worry. Safe. Um, I used to I, I used to play the soundtrack all the time at ground when I was working in the coffee shop. <laughs> so I used to play it so much. I went through a massive phase of it of listening to it all the time because yeah, it's a bit cheesy, but everybody kind of likes it. 
You know, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I would defy you to find someone that would sit there and listen to Night Fever and just go, oh, nah, you know. Yeah, I've got no joy. Like, you exactly. Know, I'm a you know, desperately they, sad person. Yeah, they'd really have to be putting it on, wouldn't they? You know, it would be, it would be so, the, yeah. the putting it on. No, I'm way too cool for this. So, no, this isn't cool. So, anyway, I played it so much that uh, the owner actually took it off the iPad so we couldn't play it anymore. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, the owner was that person. No, 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 no. The owner just. Or was won... it just you? They got sick of it because of you. Yeah. They're like it's too much joy. Basically, it's like all I the had... time. The same with Nick Drake. So Chloe introduced me to Nick Drake. I put Nick Drake on the next day, and he said, "No, no, we're not having Nick Drake. That's just so wow. You know, routine coffee shop music. Everybody plays Nick Drake. We're not playing it. So I love the contrast there. Fiji's Nick Drake. I know. I know. Like, the two yeah. kind of parts of my personality there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we haven't actually done the introduction still. So we're joined today by uh, my wife and number one fan of the show, friend of the show, I should say. First lady um, of the show, really. really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, first lady. Well, I mean, I, I see you more as the president, so I guess I guess your wife would be the first lady. What's, what's the vice president's I, wife? I called? don't think my wife wants anything to do with this, though. <laughs> I think we can have our own podcast yeah. one day. It's kind of you know. I I did suggest to her that yeah you you could sit down with her and do a podcast just absolutely ripping this podcast apart. I thought that would be quite fun. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. We can put it on the friends to the shows bit. Yeah, I I, I doubt yeah. that's going to happen. Almost like a riff tracks sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just heckle- like a little a listen along podcast. Yeah, yeah. Very meta. Yeah. It's a yeah. podcast within a podcast. Very nice. Well, well, let's get a bit of context going and let's 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 crack on with the album. So the Bee Gees, this uh, was their 15th studio album, Spirits Having Flown, released in 1979. That blew me away. <laughs> I think they'd had 15 albums yeah, before that. Yeah, they've been that. since the 60s. Yeah, when they, funny enough, I didn't realise, obviously they're born in the Isle of Man, lived in Manchester, didn't start doing the Bee Gees till they moved to Australia. Yeah, boy. So I think they were living in in Sydney, and they were effectively just a big Beatles rip-off. And that's that's how they got their, you know, radio players. They'd send, their label would send out these white label records, so they weren't marked or anything. And then people listened to it and kind of go, oh, that's oh new Beatles song, excellent, we'll put that on. Uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't the Beatles. It was the Bee Gees. Uh, but people thought that, that was like a, a secret thing they were doing and Bee Gees was Beatle group. No, no. It was. It's so clever, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you get away with that these days? Uh, I mean, yeah. Is that Greta, Greta Van Fleet. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 That's. And others. Yeah. That's just sounding like another band. I don't know if they were pretending to be mm. indirectly. No, okay, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, yep. I mean, I don't know if you could get away with it these days. But they did, so good job on them. Mm. Good job on them. Mm. This was a really successful album for them. It was their first number one album in the UK in 10 years. I believe it went straight to number one in the US, because of course it did. The first three tracks were all released as singles, which all went to number one in the US, Mm -hmm. which meant in a one-year period, they had six US number ones, uh, which I think... I don't know if Ed Sheeran's probably done it these days, but back then the only other people who'd done it were the Beatles, 
Elvis and I didn't write down the other person. There was another person, but it's like they who shall not be named. And it was sort of their last big album before the the last hurrah before the death of disco throughout the eighties, particularly in America, which was sort of where their audience predominantly was based. So they, they weren't as big over here as they were over there. You know, strangely, Mm. uh, normally it's the other way around. No, it's, it's generally seems to be one or the other. So again, speaking of Midnight Oil, we just released their their episode yesterday. They they have a huge following across Europe and America, but just not in the UK. Yeah, it seems just to be just us being contrarian. Oh yeah, totally. It's it's you guys being uptight, and that's that's why I attribute you not actually rating that album, Jake. I'm still hurt. I, I didn't say I didn't like the album. I'm still. I hurt. just said I'm. I just thought there's every night when I go to sleep, my, I have uh, Christmas timers here and on in the background, <laughs> or I'm crying in the shower like Tobias. That's fair. <laughs> Chloe, you you can probably give us a lot more about the the, the BG's history than I can, so, so I'll, I'll defer to you at this point. Okay, I mean you've given pretty comprehensive backstory for them. What I would say is I think that particularly now, it's lost on a lot of people just how big they were i mean i saw a statistic that so in one at one point in 1978 they were responsible for writing and performing nine of the songs in the billboard top 100 they were two percent of the recording industry in 1978 they were massive and you know it just kind of a lot of people think oh you know the bg's bit naff your nan's favorite music but they were they were massive and Yes, Saturday Night Fever was a big part of that. Things like their vocal melodies, obviously incredible. And they were a huge influence for so many other artists. The one thing that really did annoy me in the movie, they've seen in the documentary, they seem to just get a load of random people just to sit down and go, oh yeah, I loved them. Justin Timberlake was on it quite a fair bit. Wow. Yeah, they went more R and B, you know. And yeah, in fact, in this album, this they album. went. Yeah, this was where they kind of what they really loved that R and B sound, that soul sound, you know, the spinners stuff like that. In this album, they also used the horn section from Chicago, which oh, is fantastic. I've got a note. Yeah. I, have, I had a note. Yeah, the one yep. I do have to discuss though, the Sergeant Pepper film that they <laughs> did. Did you know about That's, this, Stephen? I know, I know roughly of it. Yeah. Oh, it's a doozy. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, actually, it made more sense that they were kind of part of it after finding out a bit about how they got started by pretending to be the Beatles. And if you listen to some of those early stuff, it really, really does sound like the Beatles. Uh, it's uncanny. So I can see why they were chosen. But film. Or why they chose to do it. But the film, yeah, the film is um, an experience that I've had in my life partially. <laughs> I, I, you're not saying you good or bad. You're just you're just saying it, it is an experience. Yeah. yeah. Just like... I, see, I've not watched it all the way through. Chloe, have you seen it all the way through? I've watched most of it. Peter Frampton is in it, and oh god, like Billy Preston plays a weather vane at one point that comes to life. Oh god, yeah, that's Aeros- weird. That was very strange. And Aerosmith are the villains, and Steve Martin sings Maxwell Silver Hammer, which on paper is like brilliant in performance you know in practice let's say yeah it's very weird the only good bit is earth wind and fire are actually in it and they're really really good but i think that was a bit of it brought them down a couple of pegs i think after (laughs) saturday night fever well funny enough though 
it was while working on that that they wrote some of the best songs on this album. Yeah. Okay. Some good uh, I'll, Which we, I'll mention when we get to them. Mm. But uh, yeah, so that gives us a nice bit of context. I've, I've prepared a game show. Oh, all right. A little game show segment. So we're going to need yeah. the music going on and and things like that. I haven't prepared any sound effects. I'm sorry, Paul. I'll, I'll get some sorted. I've got the theme um, for the for the game show going. Go on. We can't hear no, it. No, you can't hear it. I know. I can hear it, though. We can't hear it. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't got a catchy... Oh, I suppose, Chloe, you, discs. when did yeah. we start doing that new theme? Chloe won't have heard it yet, will she? No, no I, don't I don't think so. Think... I think that's when the lockdown came into effect and I got bored one day and I did like eight different themes. You, I've, I've got some that you haven't heard, Jake. Oh, yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah, I, look yeah. forward to it. I haven't got recording. a catchy name with this one. Oh, okay. I don't have a catchy name. I don't have a funny, funny theme like I did with Late of the Pier. So it's it's just a simple simple thing. There's six questions about Barry Robin and uh, I know it's Morris, but I'm going to call him Maurice, Maurice every time because yeah. Yeah. Um, it's oh. going to piss someone off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maurice. So Barry Robin and Maurice. So we're not playing for anyone this week. Uh, we're just doing it for shits and giggles because I enjoy doing them, you know. So there, there you go. So there's going to be two questions around Barry, Robin, and Maurice each. So six in total. The winner gets my undying respect for all of 10 minutes. Okay. So the loser just, you can't see me, people, but I'm just shaking my head in disappointment. It's, I'm used to that look, so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a common look in our household. Goes, goes both ways, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, so question number one. Barry question. Which Barry said this? My hair was slicked down with a part, but that was before I discovered the blow dryer. Now I'm fabulous. Was it Barry Gibb or was it Barry Manilow? Barry Manilow. Yeah, I think Manilow. You're going straight in. Have you seen what Barry Gibb looked like before he had the blow dryer? I I have, but I was actually expecting it to be um, Barry White. (laughs) (laughs) That was the Barry I was expecting, yeah. No, I didn't think about Barry White. Um, mm. So you're both saying Manilow. Yeah. You're both right. It was Barry Manilow. Well done, you two. Question two is the Robin question. So Robin was, of course, famously portrayed by Burt Ward on the small screen. How many times was Burt Ward married? Did the dogs count? I know he loves dogs at the moment. <laughs> no. Really? I don't know. Um, How many are you saying? Come on, time is money, people. Three. I'm going to go one. I think trick trick question. (laughs) You're saying one, close going three. You're both wrong. Ah. Burt Ward has been married four times. Oh, no. Count them four times. What's this about a dog? Oh, he, he's, yeah, he runs, like, um, charities for, like... That's uh, less dark than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, Good. yeah. No, no, no. He's, like, so... Because <laughs> he was recently in the, the crossover, the, the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, as as Dick Grayson, and he's walking oh, Ace nice. the Bat Hound, and he's on Comic Book Men, and he basically uh, is, like, sheltering dogs. That sort of thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very nice. 
Okay, well, um, I buried the lead so, there. You're both, oh. you're both on one. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> question three, the Maurice question. Uh, Maurice was the younger of the two twins. Uh, you have obviously Robin being him and Robin were twins, if you didn't know. By how many minutes was he younger? I swear they say this in the documentary. I'm going to go with 15. I was going 15. Nine. Nine. You're both well off. Well off, oh. mate, innit? Uh, 35 minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Crikey. So you're both only on one at the moment. Um, <laughs> Our second Barry question. Okay. You've, you've both done all right with Barry so right, far, so right. here's hoping for, for a better Come one. On. What's Barry's full name? And I'm, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give. He's got two. I'm going to tell you. He's got two middle names. So I'm going to give you a point for each. Oh God. Um... I don't think either of you are going to get it. You're no. definitely not. If you don't Aaron know, if you don't getting. know, then you're definitely not going to get one of them. Yeah. Barry White Manilo Gibb. <laughs> no. No. Chloe. Barry Chuckle Harry. <laughs> Uh, no you're both wrong his full name is barry allen crompton gibb oh wow straight out straight out of crompton (laughs) i know crazy mother flipper named barry (laughs) all right all right all right it's a true or false one it's the robin question at 19 years old robin wanted to make a movie about a man with an underwear bomb called family tree True or false? True. <laughs> uh, Should have let Stefan go yeah, first. Yeah, I was going to say, with the, with the gusto of that answer, I'm going to have to say true. It's true. In the summer of 1969, in an interview with Fabulous, he proclaimed, I'm making my own film called Family Tree. It involves a man, John Family, whose grandfather is caught trying to blow up Trafalgar Square with a homemade bomb wrapped in his underwear. Someone would have made that. Wow. Yeah. About I mean... Well, back Different then, times. yeah, definitely. Uh, they didn't know, so... No, 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 no. Um, Final question. It's the Maurice question. In what year did Maurice marry Lulu? Lulu from the Velvet Underground? No, that's Is Nina. Lulu, famed Scottish singer. Sorry, yeah, yeah. No, I'm getting confused. Famous for, famous for being Lulu. Yeah, yeah. And duetting with Take That. Yeah, but mostly for being Lulu. 67? 67. 74. 74. You're both wrong. It was 1969. So, poor, a poor day for BG's trivia um, and some Burt Ward trivia. A poor day indeed. You both got two. Chloe, you could have won that. Is there if, is there not a tiebreaker? I, I, to be honest, I didn't think that there'd be a tie. I, I thought Chloe would have done better. <laughs> It disappointed Thanks. him as, as, per norm, as per usual. Uh, yeah, uh, bear with me. Um, I'm going to get a Bee Gees fact up. One of them was a pyromaniac as a boy. Which one? And I'm going to narrow it down. It wasn't Maurice. I'm going to go with Robin. Do you know, I was thinking Robin because of the exploding underpants. <laughs> 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 only, only a pyromaniac would be thinking about that, right? Yeah. But in the interest, right, okay. in the interest of... No, no, I've got a different one. I can do okay. a different one. I've got more. <laughs> Were we so both fine. right then? Yeah. Yeah, it was Robin. So the Bee Gees album first was not their first album. 
what number album was it? Was it their was it their second, third, or fourth? Third. Second. It's their third. Hey! Well Good done. job, Stefan. You get my undying respect. You have Kenny. chosen Bowie. It's disappointment. So much disappointment. All right. Should we crack on? Yeah. Yeah. Normally at this point we would listen to a superset, but we don't have the technology. We can't rebuild him. We can't do what we'd normally do. But you, dear listener, you will be able to hear the superset now. Excellent. So, who wants to start? Tragedy. Powerful opener, mm. I would say. Is it maybe the greatest? Too powerful of an opener. <laughs> Is it the greatest um, opener of all time, though? I don't know if it's the greatest opener of all time. It's, let's say, powerful opener, perhaps too powerful for this album. I feel maybe they should have held it back for, you know, a bit of a mid album sort of like, oh, like, you know? The start aside two um, or something. Yeah, mm. yeah. Maybe something like that. But. Man, it's such a good opener. I was going to say in my notes, I've literally just put dramatic, like in all caps. All caps, dramatic. Um, This was one of the songs that they wrote while on a break one afternoon while making Sgt. Pepper's film. As you do. Mm. do. Yeah, we just bash out tragedy in an afternoon. (laughs) Just bash it out, yeah. Yeah, just just like, oh, guys, I've spent the last 15 minutes working on a song. What do you think? It's like, pretty pretty good with which one of them wrote it? I didn't check. Is it a, was it a collaborative? Was it Barry? Probably. I don't I think, think it was Barry. Robin. Yeah. I think there's there's subtle yeah. stabs at Robin throughout the song. Yeah. Well, Robin was keen to do his own thing. Yeah. But he wanted he to like do the, the underpants least thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> he he had you're, stuff you're to do. Pro- yeah. Robin, I get you want to do stuff, but you you no. You're the no. worst of the Crikey. three of us, mate. I want to do. An underpants film, okay? 
So he just wanted to go and do his own thing. And then, yeah. like, when you sit, the, their best album cover, I've got to just say, they had an album out called Cucumber Castle in the early 70s. And it is literally just Barry and Morris dressed as knights. And I'm like, Robin, you had a lucky escape on that one. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's the one good thing about you wanting to go solo. That's that's terrible. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. What a he guy. And then, boom, out of nowhere, Mark Linkus, choo-choo train. <laughs> He's just there. It's like, guys, I've got, I've got it. I know Don't. the direction you need to Don't. take. Robin, Don't. come with me. Come with me. <laughs> I spent 12 hours. <laughs> I've been working since 1979. <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> That's right, baby. The yeah. bastard Choo Choo is back. <laughs> choo Choo. <laughs> I mean, why, why does that still have such a hold on me? That, that was months ago we did that one. Because it's it's oh. true. It's just so good. All right, let's, let's crack on with let's okay. seriousness now. So, Carl right, um, okay. sounds phenomenal. Nominal. I love the guitar sound in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the guitar sounds, even though they are quite cheesy in well, parts, yeah. or at least the way they sound is very. What's the word? Well, I've I've said it's it's an incredible sounding, but it is completely of its time. You know, oh, very, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It could do charm. could do with a Gus Van Zant kind of styled remake, <laughs> note for note, but you know, just a little bit more updated with yeah, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughan only singing it. Uh, Having said that, I kind of, I don't know if I'd want it to be like modern disco. I kind of quite like the way that it sounds just like it sounds like old disco. Mm. You know, it's like if I like I quite like listening to old funk records. I just like the way old funk records sound. They sound like a smoky studio. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You get the vibe, you know, you get the feeling of of what it was like to be in these old funk bands from the sound. These days, it's all very um, clean. I guess. Yeah. Crisp. I got to compress the bass. Yeah. I got to compress it. I, I don't know. Now I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy that's going on at them about their vocals because that's their thing. But guys, take the pegs off, please. You know this song oh, would but... be so much better if it was sung down one octave, only one. Thing is, though, I I think once you, once and particularly at that time, once you kind of were known for doing a thing, mm. it, it was dangerous to deviate from doing that thing like alienating fans especially when you had as many fans as they Mm. had and were making the kind of money they were making Mm. you know because at at the end of the day that was they were a hit producing machine Mm. and any deviation that might not cause you know that might cause sales to go down why take the risk and it was the big thing that turned their career around there's a you know in the documentary there's this big focus on you know on Barry saying oh I discovered I could sing in falsetto and it kind of changed our career around and I'm like how do you, you just discovered that like you haven't utilized but his lower register is lovely as well and it's on some songs later in the album but yeah it's when yeah. they're just singing harmony it's just like, I, I, I get what you're like, saying though Steph I, yeah I just, yeah I, I do get it absolutely it can be a little bit 
grating yeah. for a full album of that's what makes uh, the Saturday Night Fever so so good is that it's broken up you know it's not just them and their yeah shrieking falsetto it is broken up Chloe have you got that as a note there there's a bit in um, there's a bit in another song where I put something similar but I did put on here three part harmony equals choir of angels you know, it's like when you were saying about earlier stuff about how Saturday Night Fever, you know, different album, but it just kind of lifts your mood. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to the Bee Gees and not be uplifted. And I think that's got a lot to do with, with their vocal. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's that kind of Beach Boys virtuosity where the Gibb brothers yeah. are just, they're unparalleled with their with their singing, their, their harmony singing. They are, you know, them, the Beach Boys, Lennon McCartney. It is incredible. Yeah. What else you got going on here? We've got these cool synth horn things going on in yeah. parts of it as well, like the standard bam 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 bam. You know, it's. I've said... Do you prefer this one, or do you prefer the updated steps version of how those uh, Ooh, <laughs> those sound? That is a very tough question you've asked me, Mister Brown. You know, I've got a soft spot for, for steps. Well, I think for as well. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a big nostalgia thing for us because this this was the version that I I didn't realise it was a cover until I was quite a bit older. Mm. You know, I don't. I, I was kind of. I was a trend in the nineties. Like a lot of those groups did covers of like this kind of stuff. ABBA was just a thing that the came bangles. around in the nineties. Was it Atomic Kitten yeah. were doing uh, Atomic Eternal, Flame. Eternal Flame? Yeah. Which I didn't know was a cover until very recently. Wow. Yeah. I think I was older than I'd care to admit until I found that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've put the, the timbres in the song are great, but they're quite dated in terms of the synth horns. I've got a, I've got a bit of a thing, Chloe, against synth horns. Well, yeah, if, they, everybody yeah. started using them thinking, oh, this is great. I don't need to pay a horn section, you know. But the synth horns always come out sounding too thin to my ears. There's a cool arpeggiator in the background, but it does sound quite dated. Yeah. And the thunderclaps. Do we need to go into the thunderclaps? I don't think so. I think it's, oh, if you want to go into them, you can. I think like I feel like you want to. Go on. I, no, I don't. I don't necessarily want to go into them. I, maybe that was a bad choice of phrase. I was, but I was, you know, thinking more. <laughs> Could it get any more cheesy than the the repet the repetition of the thunderclaps? You know, like yeah, we're, we're doing this lovely, always... awesome, upbeat kind of, um, and there is a bit of darkness in there. But then the thunderclaps just make it very dramatic all of a sudden. Is that is that just me? Yeah, no, I agree. And the crashing, I've got to say, the crashing noise in there is old Barry made that himself, just at the mic, hands over his mouth, you know, imitating it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> was he was he mocking Robin about his exploding underpants? <laughs> <laughs> you never let that go, Barry. You yeah. never let it go. <laughs> Morris is in a corner slumped on a chair. Yeah. Well he was oh, he Morris. was quite the drinker at this point, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Yeah, he was quite an alcoholic and um, Was this um before or after Andy had died? Andy died in nineteen eighty. Um Andy so gave just... a younger brother who was kind of he had a bit of a solo career at that point, you know, he was kind of like teen idol and he died of a cocaine overdose when he was 30. So, you know, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, Barry's the only surviving 
Gib left. And he's the only brother left, but they do have a sister who I feel is shafted quite a bit, you know. Well, I didn't even know that there was an Andy until we did the research for this. And now you've just told me about the sisters. So, you know, yeah. Literally no idea. Well, I've put uh, and then friends of the show, Jake Genius dot com, have state that the line. Good old genius.com. Yeah, I was I was listening to the Silverchair podcast the other day with our mate Daniel, and he started quoting Genius dot com too. What a legend! <laughs> <laughs> they state that the line "With no one beside you, you're going nowhere" is a reference to Robin Gibb being desperate to form his solo career, but him being oh, nothing so without the remainder of the Bee Gees. I say the real tragedy is that only one BG remains. At least it's Barry, though. Yeah. Had to be one of them. I'd rather it was Barry rather nah, than No, I'd Robin. like Maurice, like a real, real kind of weathered. <laughs> got you say Maurice. Yeah. Yes. A real weathered, old kind of, you know, Dennis Wilson-esque, drinking, <laughs> drinking his vodka out of the orange juice carton. Yeah. Well, he'd been clean for a long time when he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't be if all his Very brothers young. were dead, right? He'd be like, I was in the Bee Gees once, kids. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure you were, old man. Yeah. Chloe, got much you want to want to add? No, not really. I've just heard, you know, just it's an excellent it's just an excellent song. It's one of one of their best. Mm-hmm. And yeah, bold opener. Very bold opener. Only, only thing to say is that there's too many choruses at the end. They repeat the chorus too much. But more on that later was- because yeah. we I'll be talking about that a lot. Do you think that was yeah, a, a thing with like the disco thing though? So it yeah. gives people a chance to be able to obviously be able to make it in, you know, kind of merge it into a different song or DJ them together. Or oh, part I hadn't, of the fact I hadn't that thought it was about that. I, I, yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way in terms of the actual DJ side of things. I was thinking it just gives people a little bit longer to dance. Mm. Yeah. 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 People more, yeah, more time to dance. Mm. Also the fact it was a single, it gives them, it's an easy way to cut time off for a single. It's just like, well, we've got all these choruses, so we can just mm. chop them up and do what we need to do or start the fades sooner, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, actually, funny you mentioned that. That's something I've noticed. A lot of fade-outs. Well, yeah, that's the really only way they know how to events. finish a song, right? They they repeat the chorus, <laughs> loop the chorus and fade. I mean, it, it works, right? Too much heaven. No segue. I'm sorry. I'm I'm letting you down, Stefan. But too much heaven. So a quick bit of background. This this took them a long time to record this because there are nine layers of three part harmonies. Creating a grand total of twenty seven vocal lines going on. And guess which one sticks out the most? That's right. It's Barry's falsetto. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just loving. Have you heard the story about Um, Barry holding the mixer down at gunpoint, making sure that he is the one that's heard? Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. That's total total fiction. I just made that up, but I actually believe now that it did happen. I could see that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hairy guy, gun. Looks (laughs) looks kind of like a lion. Yeah. Yeah. You will do it. Yeah. yeah. Make um, sure you, so make sure you turn up my, my explosion sound as well. I want to want to piss off my brother a bit. 
<laughs> this was also one of two songs to feature the Chicago horn section. The Chicago On Transit Real Authority. Horns. CTA, baby. CTA. Can't think of what CTS stands for, but they make pots for guitars, volume pots and things. Chicago Telephone Service, something like that. No, it's the Chicago um, Transit Authority. No, that's CTA. No, I'm thinking about. I'm talking about the guys who make the p- potentiometers that people use for guitars. CTS. Okay. Well, we're talking about unrelated things. Well, at least you know. one of us is on. Um, no, Chicago was founded as CTA, man. No, they weren't. Yeah, they were. Look it up. Uh, yeah, I have. Fun fact. Yeah, I've looked it up. Yeah, I've watched a documentary you know. on it. So, you know, boom. Boomtown, yeah. baby. Boom. They started out as a pizza company. <laughs> Chicago Town Pizzas. <laughs> they made really shit microwavable deep dish pizzas. Before there was such thing as a microwave. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, no. I think that would have been about the time the microwave was coming out, right? Yeah, probably. Microwave was like a sixties thing, wasn't it? Might have been like in the fifties. Yeah. Oh, actually, on that note, right? So, as we all know, Chicago <laughs> oh, deep oh, dish pizza is supposed to go cheese then sauce, right? Right. In, in some unnatural abomination. But Chicago deep dish pizzas that you buy that are frozen have the cheese on top. But so not only are they shit pizzas, they're shit Chicago pizzas because they've got it backwards. They're not actually like deep Don't, dish either, really, are they? No, they, no, not really. No. Not really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's deep for a mini pizza. Mm. We've lost a sponsor now. Proudly sponsored by Chicago Deep Dish Pizza, <laughs> Chicago Town Deep Dish Pizzas. <laughs> They're great when you uh, when you're coming back in from a night out. They're great Very when true. you're like six years old. Yeah, yeah. But mm. can't be bothered to give your kid a proper dinner. <laughs> Chicago Town Pizza got you sorted, baby. Do you want to invest in child abuse? <laughs> Chicago Town <laughs> Actually, I think that's part of the reason I hated them as a kid as well. Was like you'd bite into them and it was like molten sauce. <laughs> it was like a million degrees. It's so hot. Going for being patient. So, yeah. But mm. hotter than I the sun. I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long did you put it in for? <laughs> Oh, we need um, we need to get a clip there, uh, Paul of of Alan Partridge biting into the apple turnover. <laughs> You're all right, you. Oh, How long did you put this in for, then? Eight minutes. It's hotter than the sun. <laughs> okay, Alan, I'm gonna go. <laughs> just the, just the sound where he's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so back to the song. Yeah bit more behind the scenes stuff so it turns out that the Bee Gees were pretty cool guys and they actually gave all of the publishing royalties to unicef for this particular song hmm. now back in the day uh, the publishing royalties for this came to seven million dollars which if you put that through the inflation calculators 25 million dollars this song made in, in royalties publishing royalties wow. and that all went to charity so good job Bee Gees. Yeah, yeah you know top top guys not you robin Keep those underpants on, two. mister. <laughs> he wants to do a KLF and burn it all. But they yeah. were like, no, Robin. <laughs> I like the fact that Robin's like, he's the he's the, the odd one out. He's the troubled one. 
the rebel. I, I don't know if I'd call him a rebel. I mean, that's maybe giving him a little bit too. Uh, but as far as being much... go, yeah, yeah. rebellious. Yeah, Barry's yeah. been with the same woman since what the early sixties. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think the I think the most controversial thing I've read about Barry Gibb in my research is recently it came out that he might have um, had sex with his wife in the TARDIS on the, you know when they were performing on top of the pops one year so you know if that's the worst thing that you can do I don't know he did kill his, that boy as well yeah, his Glastonbury set oh, his Glastonbury oh, set was alright his Glastonbury set was great you could feel like how emotional he was during it which was really lovely yep I'm not really one for the but, legacies on Glastonbury. That's, yeah. Mm-mm. No, you see, it's my fa- my favourite bit, the le- the legend slot of Glastonbury. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, didn't they have Dolly Parton under legends yep. at Glastonbury? Yep. They had I mean, that'd Dolly. be amazing. I'd go see Dolly. I don't know if I would. I would. She is an amazing, amazing woman. Like, we, we, we as the planet just do not deserve her wherever she's come from because she's she's definitely not human she's way too good to be human <laughs> she's an angel yeah like she, she is like... she's way too precious but oh, on that note uh, yeah. have you seen the christmas film she was she did the recent one yeah 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 where she oh, saved God. the kid the kid nearly got run over right where she's literally an angel like a guardian angel yeah <laughs> it's like a hallmark movie oh okay it's glorious it is uh didn't she play like didn't she play an angel before like Many, yes. many years ago. Yeah. Probably. All right. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. But back to, what's this one? Uh, <laughs> too Much Heaven. Too, too Much, much heaven. heaven. Speaking of angels. I was about to say, I was about to say Just Like Heaven, but yeah. um, I was like, no, that's that's the wrong band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> too Much Heaven. Very, like we were saying earlier, very R&B. Very R&B. We need, um, uh, we need the, it's, well, it's a slow, slow dance song, right? According to... Uh, uh, to my sources on whosampled.com. This oh, was used by Snoop Dogg. Yeah, on the, you those girls. Same source. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. I know the song from somewhere. I didn't know it as the Snoop yeah. Dogg song, but I, it it sounds like a kind of late 90s, early noughties R&B backing track. I haven't really got a lot to, to say about this one. Obviously, yeah, it's very R&B. There's so much harmony going on, so many yeah. vocals. Yeah, yeah. And um, that saves this song for me. It really, really makes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I've I've got a note saying that the falsetto is much easier to palate when it's combined with the lower voices. So when the falsetto is a part of the harmony stack, you can actually you can palate that and kind of go, oh yeah, that's that's okay. When it's just the falsetto by itself, it's a bit too much. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and to me, it kind of feels like the the backing music is sort of just incidental, isn't it? It is just a, mm. a vehicle for them to be crazy good at singing, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think I really like this one. It's one that I've, the more I've listened to the album, I've found myself listening to this one more and more. I really, really enjoy it. I think it's a beautiful song. And you've already said all the bits about UNICEF and everything, which again is fantastic, but I, it's a lovely song. I really enjoy it. And apparently it was Barry's, it's one of his favourite songs he's ever written. So, yeah, again, testament. To I, I imagine as well, it must have been very fun to do. Like it's if I don't, if anyone's ever done layered vocals before and trying to harmonise with yourself, mm. it's quite fun. Mm. Like trying to see what works, what doesn't work, mm. and just kind of going for it. 
And then when it all comes together and it sounds that good, that must be like, you know, a proud moment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know the um, the universe um, un- the UNICEF stuff is all like a sham, though, right? Sorry. The UNICEF stuff that's all money laundering. The the Bee Gees had some some sort of operation going on. They did that just just okay. to just to like keeping everybody's good books whilst they're doing all the bad things. No, uh, that that was their in with Jimmy Carter. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yes, see? it was actually. Yeah. yeah, it legitimately was their in with Jimmy Carter. Right. They gave him a. Di- they gave him a like a jacket, like a tall jacket. jacket, tall jacket. And he was like, I don't really know who these guys are. My but my daughter loves you. So, uh, yeah, my daughter likes you. So that's fine. And Jimmy was the fun president. Was he? Was he? <laughs> was he? Oh, no. Was he? <laughs> I thought that was Bill. <laughs> Saxophone <Yeah>. Bill. <laughs> Good old sax Bill. Yeah. Lovely. Sex Bill. Yeah, right. well, sexy sax Bill. Yeah. It's like the, um, there must be someone must have mashed up that and the Gandalf sax music meme of like Bill playing the sax instead. Have you seen the uh, Sasquatch? Yes. Yeah, the guy, yes, yeah, guy dressed yeah, up yeah, as yeah. Sasquatch. Yeah, love it. All I'll say Classic. about Too Much Heaven, Jake, is it's another song that features a repeated chorus serving as the outro and repeated chorus fade. Yeah, once again, I think that was. Maybe once again, something to do with the fact it was a single and you could shorten it or well, stop trying to stop thing. trying to cut it out. I've got a lot of these notes and these are my notes. <laughs> I mean, how would you end it though? That's the next question. Dead the stop. Song. Yeah. Just dead stop. Mm. Mid, <laughs> mid yeah. phrase. Mid syllable. <laughs> Too <laughs> much. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, moving swiftly on, mm. love you inside out. Uh, I don't have a lot of notes for this one. Groovy, mostly, baby. Um, well, I was listening to this morning, groove, but really similar to Fame, David Ooh, Bowie. Okay. Like the way the guitar and the bass play together is, like, if you if you play it to yourself quickly. I'm, I'm listening to it now, uh, and absolutely, there's bits where I could just go. That was a pretty good David Bowie. Paul, can we get that cut so I can have that as a sting? <laughs> it's like the ghost of Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be haunted by three of my alter egos this evening. <laughs> the Jareth of Christmas past. <coughs> What was it? Which which Bowie's was it that visited him? Oh, um, in Concords. Yeah, I thought I thought that's what you were going for. No, I was just getting a labyrinth reference in there, but yeah, he could also wear the funky funky eye patch. <laughs> uh, there's ashes to ashes, but David Bowie. Oh yeah, yeah. he's going to a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so groovy, very David Bowie. Snoop sampled this one again. Ups and downs. Um, that was the song. Yeah, ups yep. and downs. It's just groovy. It's just good to have on while you. Yeah. 
Pre-chorus has got it's some dreamy seventh chord action. Which is nice. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, middle eight is really interesting. Guitar riffs oh, yeah, and chromatic really runs. Cool, which I think is a very disco thing, isn't it? Or at least it is on the bass to have that do do you know, the, the octave chromatic yeah. runs. Yeah, yeah. which I think is what they do in this one. Again, really like this song. It's probably one of my favourite Bee Gees songs, and I just definitely like the fact it's more funky in, in the intro. You'll have to forgive me. I'm not musically talented. I just know a lot about music. But it's the bit where he's singing like underneath the synth, and he's like, da 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 which I really, really like. And I just like the fact that like, about halfway through, it kind of, it almost feels like it's confrontation. And it's the bit about, you know, don't try and tell me that it's over. And it just seems to be getting like more and more dramatic and the vocals are building up and the drums are building up. I love this one. And Feist does an amazing cover of this. Oh, okay. Which it, I I thought that she originally wrote the song. And I and when I heard the when I heard this, I was like, oh my God, it's a cover. But she does it in it's a bit more low-key the way she does it, but equally fantastic. So yeah, I definitely recommend. Are the Bee Gees capable of low key? I don't, I don't feel like they, <laughs> they're capable of doing anything low key. It's all got to be like highly orchestrated. Yeah. Yeah, we need like, you know, huge production horns, values. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's a great song. The only only other note then I've got Jake is that we've got a chorus fade out again. But it's not as gratuitous as the others. Um, but I am definitely <laughs> sensing a theme. Yeah. That was their thing for this whole album. Yep. A... One line review. There, but you know, there, there is, there is, I think, one or two that don't have the chorus fade. So stay tuned. Do they, do they have a different fade? Yes. <laughs> 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 Yeah, don't, don't, Still no don't diff- ruin the surprise. Just like, we can't just... It does make you wonder, like, when they were recording it, how did they end it? Because they, they had to stop at some point, right? <laughs> they should for hours. That's, that's a live fade, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> doing or are they that. still doing it now? They're doing it. In- <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere Sorry, out there. Yeah. yeah, they're not actually it's dead. Like- they're still going. Barry's just got them locked up in a studio playing. <laughs> He's got like it's like the prestige. He's got loads of clones of them, and those clones are all in doing water, the different fade-outs like for each different song. Does he still control them with a series of whistles and claps? Whistles and clicks and yeah. claps. Yeah, absolutely. I must direct everyone to the late nineties, early two thousands sketch show Rock Profile with Matt Lucas and David David Bowie. Now that does have some questionable depictions. That people, does. However, they do a very good Bee Gees one where, for some reason, Barry has got a lion's tail, and because he looks like a lion, Robin. Yeah, he's he's got like lion face paint and a tail, but he will only let Morris and Robin speak when he claps or clicks certain amount of times. It's very strange. I kind of I kind of get the feeling though, and I look, I don't know them. I don't 
never met them, but I get the feeling that Barry is like the ringleader. He he is the yeah, one running the show. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a stupid reason to be in charge though. Well, I'm the oldest. I'm so, the oldest. Um... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the Barry of my family. I've got two younger siblings, you know that. You wish you were the Barry. <laughs> no, Lee is the Barry. I'm the Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know about your exploding underpants, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, no, no. I'm getting financing. If, I'm going to make if that we've film. learned anything today about the Bee Gees, is exploding underpants. That's <laughs> that's all you need to take away from this episode. Yeah. Should we just, actually? Should we just cut it here? Call it a day. I th- um, I, Robin I wants so. to talk about exploding underpants by their entire discography. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's any good, really. No. We've got to support a. Ma- the well, premise is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the premise is good. Yeah. All right. Well, reaching out to reaching out. Oh. Another slow jam. Jam. Another slow jam, yeah. I get the impression I'm going to, we'll get this out of the way now, uh, repeating chorus at the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. We've spoken about key changes before. Oh, yeah. And boy, does this one have a key change. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my, my notes were, uh, just when you think it couldn't go any further, ellipsis, key change. Oh, yeah. mm. it's really weird so i kind of found it quite hard to zone in on specific things throughout this album it's, it's a really nice album but i just actually listening to specific stuff of it i found quite difficult because i'd quite often find i'd start doing something else mm. and just have it on in the background to be like oh the mm. album's finished shit i need to put that <laughs> on again um so my notes are quite sparse i'm afraid but there are some fantastic whales in this i think there's like <laughs> Like a proper, um, he means it like a proper Whitney style thing. Mm, mm. I think Whitney was probably listen to, listen to some bees. Like, oh, god, I need to up my game. <laughs> funnily enough, I was re- funnily enough speaking of like you know, big vocalists like Whitney, Beyonce is a massive Bee Gees fan, apparently. I can believe it. Yeah, they Absolutely. did a cover of Emotions, which again, didn't realize it was a cover until much later, but that's a Bee Gees song, and when. When Robin died, she like made like a public statement about it and stuff. So, wow. yeah, there we go. But I did put Robin's exploding beautiful. underpants. <laughs> <laughs> but I did put it was beautiful but boring. This one, <laughs> all surface, no feeling. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is one that you. Yeah. It's a weak one. Yeah, they're reaching a little bit on this one. Yeah, I'll give you that. Mm. It's a little bit. It's just sort of there, isn't it? Mm. It's yeah. technically very proficient, but just it's just standard standard background R and B stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. 
we'll move swiftly on then to the title track of the album, Spirits Having Flown. This reminds me of, you know, mostly just because of the beginning, but you know the Sasquatch bit, bit of the Tenacious D movie, Pick of Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like tripping out on mushrooms this just reminds me of that what the, the actual um, song like as in the yeah. song that he sings when he's riding the sasquatch yeah a bit yeah yeah okay that, that was like the best bit of the film though oh i don't know master Explo- there were loads of good songs in it kickapoo like kickapoo master exploder battle with the devil at the end that was pretty cool yeah. i mean the best song from that soundtrack wasn't even in the film the metal true did you see Jack Black uh, auditioning for Thor the other day? Yes, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, my God, that was... I didn't know I needed that in my life. I need to see this. Uh, just imagine oh. Jack Black being Jack Black, but he's, he's got a Thor pants. helmet on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thor, Thor helmet and cape and yeah. a hammer. Crikey. Fair enough. Mm. Chloe, what have, you, what have you got to say about spirits having flown? I put this one, there's definitely more you've got kind of like almost like a soft rock kind of vibe going on. It's a bit more of the kind of stuff that I would usually listen to. You know, I can imagine maybe it being on an Eagles album. And yeah, I just think it's, it's, I would have been interested to see if they'd gone more in that direction in like subsequent albums. And they didn't. They went in a terrible 80s direction, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, the 80s did that to a lot of acts. <laughs> yeah, but like that. Oh, I watched one of their music videos and I think it might have been for something they did with Celine Dion. And like Robin's hair is just, I mean, in the 70s, he had beautiful, like long flowing hair as they all did, but he kind of, yeah, he made some. I wouldn't call Maurice's hair long and flowing or beautiful. No, Robin. You said as they all did. Okay, yeah, fair point. Um, as two of them did. <laughs> two of them did. Poor Maurice. Yeah, I really, I, I love the. Uh... Maurice looked about ten years, fifteen years older than the other two. I didn't know they were twins until I saw that documentary. Yeah. I was like, what? You were telling me they're the same age. Yeah, and I just, I, I love the flute on this one as well, and it's just more of that kind of. Yeah, well, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the name of the guy was, but apparently he was quite famous. From Burgundy. Yeah. Oh, damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of jazz flute. He's, more he's not at all prepared. Not at all prepared at all. Yeah, so some very good jazz flute on there. Mm. I've got they they kicked the disco to the curb here in favour of a kind of bossa nova beat and some folky guitars. Mm. Is there a brass melody happening? Bit of a brass band? I think so. I think yeah. you've got some some brass on there. The flute solo, obviously, I've got a mention of that. And surprise, surprise, not a faded chorus. <laughs> but instead, it's a slow fade on the riff at the end. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. No, got to keep it fresh sometimes, haven't you? Yes. Well, what? that's track number five. Five? And we're only just keeping it fresh now. We're only just keeping it. What would have been brilliant is if it had 
faded back in to then fade out on a chorus. Yes. <laughs> the ultimate surprise. That would have been Or good, even yeah. like a reprise later in the album. <laughs> reprise, reprise. I can't yeah. speak. A reprise later yeah. on. Just be like, boots come back in, a chorus, and then fades out. Oh, like, like um like that Oasis later. album with Around the World on and it goes on for 10 minutes and you think it's over and then the last track of the album is Around the World. Yes, right. yes. Fuck no! That was the um, the, was that the third album? Be here now. I just took too many drugs. Be here now. That's it. It's Mm. fucking terrible. That somewhat spoils next week's episode of Sound Purchase. (laughs) Be here now. Um, But yeah, yeah. In fact, Paul, if you could kind of fade out each of our kind of chats about each episode, uh, each song rather, (laughs) to be in keeping with the BG's theme. You know what else is a good idea? Ripping off the Commodores. It's Search and Find. Oh. Such a rip-off. It's just Brickhouse. It. It's, it's so blatantly just brick house. I was sitting there listening to it, wasn't I, Jake? And I was like, this sounds really familiar. What we does were both like? like. Yeah, we were both like. Dum, ba, ba, brick. Brick house. Dum, house. This is like my favourite um, song on the album as well. It should have been a single. I think this would have been really yeah, I'm surprised popular. it wasn't. I'm really it's surprised. So catchy. Oh, yeah, because they just ripped off Brick House, which is like. <laughs> One of the Commodore's best songs. So I don't whoa, care what you say. Whoa, fight me. Whoa. Don't forget Easy. Oh, yeah. Easy was good. I didn't say yeah, it was their best. I didn't say the best. I said one of the best. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just saying. You better watch it. I think I prefer this to Easy. I think I prefer Brickhouse to Easy. Out yeah. of here now. No. <laughs> but do I prefer Search Find to Brickhouse? That's the question. And the question and the answer is, I suppose they're different enough that I, I'm not going to to answer it. Yeah, well, so the groove is um, back, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. In a big way. There's some really cool guitar uh, lines happening. The chorus seems to have quite a bit of bite to it, which I'm liking. The bass break after the chorus is awesome. But then we return the repeated chorus fate. <laughs> I, I just really love the horns as well. Mm. Yeah. The, that horn line is really like so upbeat.
It's like, yeah. And the chorus is so catchy. It's so yeah. catchy. Yeah. And I've been listening to it this morning and it's just, it could have been a really, really big hit for them. I know that obviously Tragedy came off this album and the others, but this should have been a single. Been what you're saying is if they'd released this as well, they could have had seven number ones mm. in a 12-month period. They could, and they chose not to. They're afraid of their own power. That's, I was going to say, it's like flying too close to the sun. Yeah, exactly. We all know what happens when you fly too close to the sun. You die of asphyxiation because you can't breathe in space. <laughs> Oh, oh, the lack of pressure would kill you first. Yeah. Come on, go Hagen. Of... You got what you I guess want. The lack of... Give these people their Give air. People air. <laughs> Total Recall. We need yeah. to watch it. Oh, it's so good. Did we drink along? Did we drink along to Total Recall? We must was that done. one of the ones we missed? No, we definitely did that one. I don't know if we did. Junior's on Disney Plus, I think. Is it? Very underrated. Was it Junior or was it Twins? It's, no, Junior. Junior's on. Amazon. Oh, Jesus and Amazon. It, and it's really underrated. It's it's a terrifying prospect. Yes, yes, it is. Not 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 like twins. No, they're trying to make a triplets as well. Ugh, why? With who? Who would be the third? Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Our thing at the moment is recasting every single member of the MCU with Don Cheadle. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. do you know someone drops out of the MCU? Get them in. Twins. Twins is the uh, with... is the most profitable movie that Arnold ever made. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's his I highest thought, grossing I mean, film. I know it was one of the comedies. I thought it was like um, Jingle All the Way. Mm-hmm. There you go. Or rather, um, I think what... that was the movie he made. He made the most money on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did he produce it? Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. It's probably mm. Wyden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they made the contract. Uh, him and Danny DeVito on a napkin. Pretty much. <laughs> Let's talk about the next song, Stop, Think Again. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. So, yes, roads. Roads, mm. yes, uh, that's an, that's an instrument used in this song. There's a sax solo. Mm. Right, uh, moving I, swiftly hold on. on. <laughs> I've put down in my notes, sax solo exclamation mark. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not all caps. No. It's not bold, underline. No, no, no. Let's not be crazy. It's another slow jam, isn't it? I don't know. Is it jazz? It's, it's certainly smooth. I was going to say, it's just smooth. But I wouldn't call it jazz or yacht smooth. It's just... Oh, it's definitely not yacht smooth. No, it's no. quite smooth. It's like a pebble that's been slowly eroded by a river over the last 10,000 years until it's perfectly smooth. And then Barry But even that is less smooth than yacht you'd then need to lubricate it with like some butter and then throw it down a slip and slide and then it'd be close and then michael mcdonald rises from the sea what this is an instance where i think the falsetto wailing thing works with the sax i think Mm. it's Mm. kind of quite cool and it's got really interesting horns in the middle as well with um really kind of interesting harmonies (laughs) 
I didn't yeah. actually. I don't don't have a note on here how this how this song fades or ends. But this song I was think, sampled. I think by, it fades out on the sax. Oh, okay. This was sampled by yeah. our boy Fiddy, Fiddy Cent <laughs> on his song "Vote Fiddy for President." Really? Mm. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I've just checked. It does fade out love. on the sax. There we go. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. It's not a like gratuitous chorus fade. I'm all right with that. Living together, I somehow seem to have completely missed off my, <laughs> my notes. It okay. just skips straight from stop, think to I'm satisfied. Maybe you are. You guys talk about this. I'm going to listen to it quickly. Okay, fair enough. So living together, I, I really like the contrast because you've got, he goes from the falsetto and then he actually goes down to quite a low register and I quite enjoyed that. Yep. The, you know, the lyrics are a bit boring after a while, I've got to admit. It's a simple lyric. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest, I'm not listening to the Bee Gees for the lyrical depth most of the time, oh, yeah, apart no, from when, they're, when the... they're, like, chucking in a really uh, in a really good barb at Robin. I'm, I'm all for that. It sounds like Will Smith would have taken the music from this and sped it up to make something. <laughs> and like, listen to that guitar. Parents. Yeah, I've, no, I've put excellent guitar work, especially the descending line after the chorus. Oh, I can definitely see Will Smith doing something with the music on this. It's a uh, it's a groovy, groovy tune. Key change with just bass and drums, which is a really cool textural move. Horns. Yes. Yeah, I like the vocal sequence going around each of the singers. And then, yep. of course, chorus fade. Again, this could have very easily been a single and it would have been fantastic and I think people would have really, really enjoyed it. Mm. And i just got to say, looking at the album artwork as well, I have to just appreciate the album artwork. Just like Barry looks great. Morris is just hanging around in the back like, <sighs> hey. Funny enough, they've even used the fade on the album artwork, where the red fades into <laughs> they the They have, BGs. actually, yes. I direct your attention to the album artwork. Look at that, yeah. And in the documentary, they had a plane with that, with like their logo on and that kind of colour scheme. So, you know, wow. impressive. Yeah. Well, I, got yeah. Nothing, I got nothing more to add on that one. No, I haven't got anything else to add either on that one. Well, I, I wrote no notes, so I'm going to stick with Will Smith. <laughs> Sample it, speed it up a little bit. It could be your next get jiggy with it or something. Did you a comeback? Is he? Is he? I don't know. You know I've got a soft spot for... You know, he he stopped being any good in my eyes as soon as he stopped writing the, the music for the films he was in. Um, that needs to be a thing you know, again. Hancock would have been much better if Will Smith had done the theme song for it, wouldn't it? You know? Yes. Um, well, I wouldn't go as far to say much better. They went to Earth. It would be a little bit better, yeah. 
Yeah, that that one where that rubbish one that he was in with Jaden Smith, where they they went to Earth and oh, the Earth. pursuit of happiness after Earth. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd done the music for Pursuit of Happiness, oh god! Or if he'd done a theme song for Ali, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, would have elevated them up to um, you know a much higher place. Mm. I Am Legend would have been ten times better <laughs> if, with like a Will Smith, like a really upbeat, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get Cisco on there to do a little. Bit of Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> West. Nobody needs Cisco in their life. Falco. Now you're talking. I mean, sure, Falco's been dead for. I want to say, did he die in the early two thousands, late nineties? It was the late nineties, eighties. When the fuck Probably. did Falco die? Stefan, any guesses? When did Falco die? I have no idea who you're talking about. Rock me, Amadeus. Falco died in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Rock me Amadeus. You know Rock me Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. Basically Dr. Zayas. Yeah. Okay. Nope. No? Nope. Okay. Corolla might know who he is. Maybe. Ask her about Falco. All right. He he was Austrian, so. Okay. Therefore, Corolla will know who he is. Yeah. Because that's how it works, right? Probably. <laughs> Probably. So I'm satisfied now that I know when Falco died. Um, it rhymed too. It's how the song goes. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for for this one? Very... 90s hip hop? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right with that one. Mm. It's, I don't really have words for it. It's very much kind of like, eh? Mm. Mm. Yeah. It does have the most passionate falsetto on the whole album I've written on here. Not necessarily I'll a good that. thing. Yeah. Yeah. We like some passionate screeching, which oh. does very well. Supernatural rasping. Supernatural rasping. There you go. For anyone who's ever seen The Mummy with the subtitles turned on, that's a little Easter egg for you there. <laughs> what, the Brendan Fraser the one? Of course. Yeah, 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 of course. We don't... Is there any other? Yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise. We don't talk about that, Stefan. Don't We don't sully. talk about that. We don't talk about The Mummy 3 with Jet Li. Or The Scorpion Kings. Scorpion King's fine. We'll talk about Scorpion King. That's... Fine. But I yeah, didn't mind OG, the Tom Brendan Cruise Frazier, one. It had my main man Russ in it. Yeah, but Russ has probably been in more bad films than he's been in good. Yeah. Watch it. Okay, just just watch your mouth. Shall we do one of his albums? Do you want to do a Russell Crowe album? What, 30-odd foot of grunt? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to do the Lady Miss soundtrack, or what? Oh, oh maybe no. not. No. Yeah. Although no. that has got my other my other main man Hugh Jackman on it, I do. Ugh. You don't like Hugh Jackman? I think I'm the only person in the Western world that hates The Greatest Showman. Oh, I've never I'm, seen and it. Couldn't care. Couldn't care with him it. for life for me. I, I used to love him. He's gonna, but oh, that and the fact that he's gonna be on the in the Music Man on Broadway. It's just the shittest of the shit musicals. Instead of Jake Gyllenhaal, but for anyone who's not seen the sack. Bunch. Sack Lunch Bunch? Yeah, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. Yeah. Stephanie's looking more scared. I'm just wondering how Jake Gyllenhaal, Mr. Music. I'm just wondering how you can turn down the guy that was in Swordfish. John Travolta. Travolta. (laughs) (laughs) 
I like Swordfish. I thought it was great. And then I've I've been reading recently that it was a bad, bad film. I was thinking, oh. Yeah, but when did you see it? Yeah. Like if you saw it when it came out, you'd have been very young. When did that come out? Like 2002? It might have been 2000. It's probably around the same time as The Matrix. Okay. And they had that scene where, like, the bomb explodes and all the ball bearings are, like, caught in the air and the camera's zooming around, Matrix style. I liked it. I thought it was right. Yeah. I probably haven't seen it since since it came out, or just after it, a few years after it came out, probably. Mm. Well, speaking of John, uh, yeah, Travolta, John Travolta, they're also it. making um, Face Off. They're doing a remake of Face Off. Why? Mm. I mean, unless take... they're getting Nicolas Cage and John Travolta back in. Well, did they think it was? T- did they think it was too subtle? Did they want to make it more <laughs> over the top? More doves. Just yeah, yeah, more doves. Yeah, yeah. Doves. Like, John Woo, you had one dove scene. What's going on? He's sitting there like, I spent 12 hours setting up that... Dropping spoons! (laughs) And throwing doves! Yeah. Oh, Fair enough. Face Off. Fair enough. That's that's a good film. I like that one. We haven't really talked much about I'm Satisfied. Um, I'll let you guys crack on. I'm I'm satisfied that we've talked enough about I'm Satisfied. Yes. Yeah, chorus, so chorus fade. Right. We can move on. Yeah, one a one to four chord sequence. That's that's all my notes. Oh, the classic. Yeah, it's a filler. It's very much a filler track. Which is odd to put it right at the end. <laughs> it's like normally if you're going to put filler, have it in the middle. Mm. Yeah. And then you get until. Which I was is the say, last it's song. not right at the end because then there's until. I mean, it's more or less the end because you're going to skip this one to go to until. So it's yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I found it a really nice surprise at the end of the album. What, to not have like... the falsetto. And... That's what I was here. Yeah. Why did we have to wait until the end to hear the chest voice? <laughs> you were alive. And your hair was like the morning sun. I thought it was a really nice song, though. I thought it was, again, a bit different yeah. to the rest of the album. It was quite simple. I put on here, I don't know why I put this bit. It sounds like a Michael Jackson song from the 90s. Oh, I can I, see that. Yeah. But one of his less impassioned ones. So not, not Earth song, but... No, thank God. Was, well, it's like Earth song, once. but it doesn't have the ending of Earth song. I was at karaoke once, and like I was with the with my work, and the most like mild mannered, doesn't want to sing sort of bloke. We finally got him to choose a song. He chose the Earth song to oh, sing, and oh, it was like so oh, long. He ripped his shirt. It was torturous. I he fell down to the knees, you know, did all of that, but oh, it was no. yeah. Did, did he have some posts that he was sort of holding on to? And... Did you moon everyone? <laughs> Get up on stage and just moon everyone? No, 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 that, that no. Was no. Jarvis. Yeah, no, it was uh, It was just one of those ones that's like, probably not my go-to karaoke song. If I was going to pick one song to impress, <laughs> impress all of my colleagues, I wouldn't be picking the Earth song. 
by Michael J. Have fact, you seen the guy? I um, pick any the Michael guy Jackson. doing karaoke who sings tequila. No. <laughs> yeah. So it's just there for ages. I'm just like tequila. It's brilliant. Tequila. That would have been a good one to pick. Yeah. 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 Very, very different. Yeah, well, yeah, very different to the rest of the album. A lot more atmospheric. atmospheric. Yeah, there you go. Jinx. Yeah, I, hey. yeah. I I just put it, it's a weird piece to finish on. Yeah, yeah. it is an odd choice. And it doesn't fade out. Ooh. Ooh. It, it ends. It actually just ends on a note. Uh, and that's it. Well. So maybe that's why it was weird. It was them experimenting. Yeah. With yeah. A, trying to work out how to finish. Yeah. I did put uh, as well, I don't know about you guys, I thought it was the most modern sounding song on the whole album. I actually I didn't immediately. I'll, I'll save it for my... I'll save, well, I was saving it for my final thoughts, but the whole album itself is strangely really ahead of its time in terms of it all sounds like 90s R&B, hip-hop sort of stuff. Mm. Yet it is so of its time and in terms of the sounds that they're using, the timbres and so on. It's, it's a really, it's hard to articulate how futuristic it is in a way yet how rooted in the 70s and 80s it is well do you think that's just because in the 90s that's what they were sampling 20 year old records exactly but that kind of it It kind of became became the the sound sound of it by virtue of that yeah 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 that and euro pop yeah Uh, okay, well, nice. Well, that leads us nicely onto uh, onto the questions. Mm. Um, which one do I want to do first? Really, um, Stefan, favorite song? Was it Search Find? Whichever one you said was the just the complete rip off Brick House. Brick House, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Search that find. was my favorite one. Chloe, uh, yeah, Search Find, brilliant song, and I definitely think that. It definitely should have been a single, and that's the hill I will die on. But probably apart from that, Inside and Out, I really, really like that song mm. anyway. But or tragedy, so, just, to be fair. Or tragedy, yeah, but yeah, yeah tragedy is such a good, just such a good song, such a great opener. I mean, I'm I'm going to say tragedy is my favourite song on this album because yeah. it's an absolute banger. It is. We yeah. all know it. Yep. It's just so good. Yep. That's what I'm saying. It's too powerful of an opener. Yeah. You know, at least with Black Shuck, the best opener to an album in the world ever, it's then followed by uh, another great song. Um, True. And it's great throughout, you know, another powerful high energy song. And then they bring you down gently into the slower stuff. Whereas with the Bee Gees, it's just like, right, that's it. Boom. Uh, And now we're just going to be nice and slow. All right. Stefan, who would you like to cover what song? I got three choices for this one. Ooh, like I say, on me. 
I feel like tragedy could do with a real serious upgrade, not just like a tongue-in-cheek kind of pastiche parody sort of thing. I reckon the Foo Fighters would be really good at doing a like a heavier version of tragedy because they would treat it with a bit of care and they wouldn't, like I say, as a total pastiche. Mm. Or maybe Flaming Lips would be a really good cover of that. Oh, good yep. shout. Yeah. Otherwise, Love You Inside Out could be done really well by Wolfpick. Oh, yeah. That's a shout. Yeah. That's a shout. Chloe? I didn't know this was a question you were going to ask, so I haven't really had the shots thing. I definitely think We ask it every podcast, every episode. (laughs) I thought you were fan number one. (laughs) She never makes it to the end of the podcast. She was turned off about halfway through. I just just fall asleep. Um, No, I don't. I agree with Stefan. Tragedy definitely could be done as more of a rock number. And funnily enough, actually, you might have listened to it the Foo Fighters covered You Should Be Dancing a couple of weeks ago to, to great success. But failing that, I think I'm just going to refer to the Feist cover of Inside Out. It's already been done. It's fantastic. I thoroughly recommend. I'd like to hear Average White Band do Living Together. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think they'd do a really good job of it. Alternatively, you know, the Commodore's doing uh, Search Find, <laughs> obviously. Um, the ultimate combination. Yeah. I, I didn't say tragedy just because I thought, oh, it's been done. Steps have done a good cover of it already. Uh, but then I didn't think about the, the alternative version covers of it. So, mm. But I'd, I'm just going to stick to my guns. I want to see average white band doing Living Together. Okay. Good job. Right. Well, I guess the next question is, Stefan, mm. does this go into your top 10? I think if it was to, it would be knocking out... Um... It'd be knocking out Steely Dan. <laughs> oh, would it? Did I did I already boot out um John Martin? Oh well yeah. hmm. He booted out Steely Dan though, I must say it would cause me physical pain and distress because Even though you suggested this album. Yeah, but Steely Dan is like I have worshipped Steely Dan. <laughs> okay. I don't think I'm allowed to put this in my top ten, which I'm actually quite comfortable with uh not having it in there. So I, I will say no under the caveat that I'm not allowed to. Okay. Uh, I'm putting it in at number one. Uh, and No, I'm not putting it in at number one. Uh, it's not going into my top ten either. I was just uh, about to say, if you're not going to put Midnight Oil into your top ten, but yeah. you're going to put this number one, I am going to hit the roof. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. No, this isn't going into my top ten either. Yeah. Um, not necessarily because it's a bad album, but just because I prefer all the albums in my top ten. Yep. Uh, Simple as that. Pretty much it, yep. Totally fair. Um, okay, and Chloe, you don't have a top 10, so this goes into yours by default. Is right. it one of your top 10 albums of your personal life? Of of your, you know, general albums? Well, first, we've got to go through and that... check how many albums Steely Dan have done. <laughs> That's going to make the top <laughs> 10 quite, quite slim. Like, oh, I like this, but yeah. pretzel logic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could talk about Steely Dan until... The Cows Come Home, and you've already done that podcast, so I shan't go into it. It's an album I really have enjoyed it, and I've really enjoyed exploring it. It's very different to what I would listen to in my top 10. Like I said, I like a lot of Steely Dan, I like Nick Drake, I'm a big Eagles fan. Like, but you know, it might be correct. Thank you. It's probably going to be sneaking into, yeah, maybe the bottom of my top 10, but it's just, I, you know, I just like to have it on in the background, and when clubs are allowed to open again i'll definitely be playing it while i get ready to go out 
because nowhere's going to be playing it while you're out. <laughs> it depends on where you go. No, it depends on where you go. There's Tragedy might night. get played, but it's going Tragedy to be the sketch version. Hot World, but there's a club night called Boogie Wonderland at Comedia, and there's an excellent DJ. And I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he plays stuff like this all the time. So fair enough. We're trying to knock down the door of the Comedia when we're allowed. Well, this brings us to the final question. Are you ready? He nodded yes. So he's answered the final question. He is ready. Thank you very much. <laughs> Stefan, is Spirits Having Flown by the Bejeez a sound purchase? No. I really enjoyed listening to Tragedy, and it was one of those songs where I sat there and I've kicked my feet listening to this one. I wasn't very happy with it. And I heard Tragedy when I finally sat down to listen to it, and I was like, oh, actually, you know what? This might be all right. And then immediately after there, all my hopes faded with the chorus of Tragedy. Yeah. Did they come on too yeah. strong? No, look, I think I think it's an interesting album. It's certainly it's a successful album. It's not my kind of album at this point. I would probably agree with you under the caveat that I'd probably, I'd, if I was going to buy it, it would be a charity shop jobby. Like if I saw it at a charity shop for like one pound fifty, I'd probably buy it. I'm not uh, even sure I would. If you gave it to me, I would keep it at this point. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> like, Jake, destroy the gift I got him. <laughs> no, I, yeah, not for me. This one is not for me. Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk that I'm Jake, and this was a sound purchase podcast is a deep dive to explore iconic recordings this episode was elegantly extrapolated from the ravings of mad men by producer paul lochran uh, you can show your appreciation for the episode when you like review share and subscribe to us each engagement makes the effort all the more worthwhile the best way to grow the podcast is as ever by word of mouth your support is greatly appreciated Check the show notes and all the gump at asoundpurchase.com. You can engage with us on social media under the handle soundpurchasepod. You can support us by buying all of our beautiful, wonderful merch, T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, and the like by going to asoundpurchase.com forward slash shop. Other episodes are available at all the good podcast places. Whilst you're here, become friends of the show uh, to gain access to loads of extra stuff, bonus podcasts, blog posts, little ramblings that we do from time to time, things like that. Join free on asoundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T. 